The Seattle Kraken are 0-2 against Dallas this season. We've got two Pacific Division games before we take them on again, this time on the road. Let's talk about it on this episode of Locked on Kraken. You are Locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, Seattle hockey fans. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another edition of Locked on Kraken. I am your host, Erica L. Ayala. Thank you, as always, for making Locked on Kraken a part of your daily routine. We are part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where we bring you your favorite team every single day, most days, Monday through Friday, throughout the week. This episode of Locked on Kraken is brought to you by FanDuel. We know that FanDuel is the official sports book of Locked On, and it's where you can make every moment more. All you have to do is visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked On today. I should say it's backslash Locked On, but you should do it today (laughs) to get started, just to be clear. And let's talk about the Seattle Kraken. Two games against Dallas, two losses. Different types of losses, but losses nonetheless. And that's what the Seattle Kraken cannot afford at this juncture. We lost to the Dallas Stars. It was a 5-2 win for the Stars over the Seattle Kraken. They got three power play goals. Three power play goals. Tough night for Martin Jones. The first goal was really wonky. And then some of the others, um, just bad defensive play mistakes. This is, you know, what Dave Haxtell said after the game. And then uh, today they had practice. But, um, you know, he talked about Dave Haxtell just wanting to have a solid 30 to 40 minute practice. The team has not been practicing very often. I think you can kind of tell just little things are a little dull. You know, it's like when you have a knife, you know, it's a precision knife, but it's not, it hasn't been sharpened in a while. That's what the Seattle Kraken have looked like. You know, um, Dave Haxtell again, talked about, some of the the goals and knowing that it just was a, a bad defensive performance. Adam Larson talked post game as well. He really didn't have much to say. Um, you know, it was the puck movement. Both Adam Larson and Wenberg, in their own way, felt that the Seattle Kraken were behind just a step or two, a smidge or two, and that made all the difference in the game. And that's exactly what it was. Dallas does move the puck very well. Seattle didn't get a chance, um, according to Larson and Wenberg, to really get things going because Dallas disrupted them in a pretty big way, mostly uh, making it difficult for them defensively. I mentioned three power play goals. Um, They score 
two in the first period. At the 313 mark, 543 mark, Yanni Gord gets one back in the first period. Uh, and, you know, what a job by Yanni there. And Ellie Tolvanen got our second goal. But then immediately after, Ellie Tolvanen scores at 328. Then we give up a goal at three, uh, 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 excuse me, he scored at 1328 in the second period. Then we give up a goal at 1342. I mean, those are lapses. You know, I didn't think Jones was sharp. I've said before on the podcast, I kind of feel that Philip Grubauer doesn't always, didn't always look comfortable last season. Martin Jones has not been looking comfortable. I know I joked around earlier in this season, like, did we break Martin Jones? But also, did we break Martin Jones? I mean, again, three of their, uh, they were successful, three of their four power plays. The numbers for Martin Jones, an 8-4-4 save percentage, 27 shots saved out of 32 faced. Now, he only gave up, uh, you know, one power play goal. That was the Pavelski goal. Um, Or excuse me, he gave up, I'm sorry, he only saved one of four power play goals. I read that completely wrong. I was about to say, if only, my mistake. He gave up three. We gave up three power play goals. Um, Yeah, this was um, not a great performance by Jones. It was not a great performance by the defense of the Seattle Kraken. Dave Haxel talked about it at the, at, um, the end of the game. I think the third goal went off a stick. I think it went off Alexiak, his stick. So, I mean, some of that stuff you can't put squarely on Martin Jones. Um, The first goal, maybe. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Goaltending is an issue because it's not like a, a super glaring issue like last year, but it's still an issue. I don't feel comfortable with where our goaltending is, the types of performances that we're getting right now. Again, more so from Martin Jones. And he was such a huge part in how the Seattle Kraken were able to get a lot of their wins this season, but it's just not clicking. And I mean, that happens. That happens. That being said, the Seattle Kraken are not a team that should have to be built on just goaltending performance alone. And I think that's the scary part for me. We knew at the trade deadline, given all of the resources that we have between Coachella Valley and Seattle, I didn't expect anything to happen from a goaltending perspective. That being said, I do wonder if we don't see more um, from the team if then the Seattle Kraken need to go out and find a goaltender that is going to steal us games because those goaltenders exist. Philip Grubauer, in my personal opinion, is not one of those. He hasn't been in Seattle. Martin Jones wasn't expected to be, but he was. And that's another thing. We got more from Martin Jones than we expected. I think we're getting about what we expected from Philip Grubauer, maybe even a little bit more given how last season went. So again, 
if I don't think the super duper problem is goaltending. I don't think we have elite level goaltending, but it's serviceable. So then what's the problem? Well, I think you know what I'm going to say. The problem is the defense. The defenders somewhat, but the defense. You you get back into, you climb back into a game and then immediately give up a response goal. That is not a team to me that is priding itself on defense. That's not a team to me that's mm, focused. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think Alex Wenberg said that they're really just uh, let me let me go back to my notes here. You know, they're they're trying to keep the momentum and keep the spirit going is what he said. And I, I honor that and I respect that. But this is a blue-collar team that has played above just being a blue-collar team. And it goes back to something that Dave Haxtell asked between the Islanders games of his team. And again, he kind of walked it back when I asked him about this in, in Boston. What is the team willing to do to take it to the next level? Because there, there is stuff here. These are mistakes Sticks in the wrong position. I think Dave Haxtell used that terminology as well post-game. Sticks in the wrong position. Not getting back on defense 20 seconds after you score to get back into a game. Um, Not being able to exit the zone. You know, these are things where you have to go further than you think your tank will allow. And you know what else requires that? playoff hockey and right now the Seattle Kraken have not learned it would be so we can presume they haven't learned when to turn it on so you have some guys that are all gas no breaks I think Donato is one of those guys Yanni Gord Brandon Tanev even though Tanev twice there were some things that were just chef's kiss when it came to the analysis that we got from Monday's game. One was, I believe it was JT Brown talking about, it was either the first or second Dallas goal where Daniel Sprong was body to body on the back check. And then he switched. So he was on the inside and then he went to switch to do like a reach to try and poke the puck away and by switching over he gave Dallas the inside lane that's a mistake that's a mistake if you're going to try that try it further out from your goalie but at that point what was Jones supposed to do the other thing that um, it might have been Nick Olchek that talked about where there were two times where Brandon Tanev on the power play, three power play goals, two of those power play goals, Brandon Tanev didn't step up and eliminate space. I'm being dramatic on YouTube for those listening on audio. Didn't eliminate space. Didn't do it. Oh. 
So even a guy that I consider all gas, no brakes is making these little mistakes and it's hurting us because these games matter when we're a team that's in a playoff hunt. We're going to talk about some of the stats, um, some of what's been going on in the league, um, and then get ready for a game day tomorrow. We got to wipe this one clean. It's a little bit tough for me to swallow because I think there's some self-inflicted wounds that, that we're not sharp. We're not a sharp team right now. And we're running out of time to have these um, lapses. We can't have too many, if any more, of these games. So what's it going to take? Who's going to step up? I'll tell you some of the people I think are going to step up. That's coming up next on Locked on Kraken. As I mentioned earlier, this episode of Locked on Kraken is brought to you by FanDuel. We are well beyond the halfway point of the NBA season. There's a lot of drama in the NBA. Um, And this might be the time for you to get into FanDuel. And that's because... New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets on your first bet if it doesn't win. All you got to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and even threes drained if you're betting on the NBA. There are also so many other things. We've talked about future bets and the like when it comes to the Seattle Kraken all of that stuff, Um, but check it out on FanDuel. FanDuel even lets you combine bets for a better chance for a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance on your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com backslash locked on. That's fanduel.com backslash locked on. That's where you can learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Check it out, homies. FanDuel.com. All right. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Kraken a part of your daily routine. And make sure you check out Locked on NHL. I mean, you know, people are noticing the work that we do on the Locked on NHL show. I told you I do a bi-weekly show women's hockey spotlight along with Gil and Rachel, but all week you're getting amazing hashtag content. It was really interesting uh, to hear the Locked on NHL show talk about the Dallas game from Saturday, Dallas and Seattle. It's also interesting to see what teams we think are trending in the Pacific division. So if you're not already listening to Locked on NHL, go make that your second listen after, of course, Locked on Kraken. Oh, we need something. We need an injection of energy is what the Seattle Kraken needs right now. And um, I don't know where it's going to come from. We got Yanni Gord on the board, Ellie Tolvanen. And coming up, the Seattle Kraken, you know, have some teams that we have to worry about. Now, tomorrow, we're going to be in playback for those who uh, have joined me before playback is a platform where we can watch games together. And I want to watch this San Jose game. I'll be watching the PHF semifinals 
earlier in the night. So I got to make sure I get a nap, but uh, I'll be watching the semifinals. It's going to be the Minnesota Whitecaps at Boston Pride, 7 p.m. Eastern time, Premier Hockey Federation. Go follow me on Black Rosie Media because I'll be covering that there. Um, we've had Commissioner Reagan Carey unlocked on NHL before, so uh, check that out. But this is going to be an interesting game. We're going to get into it a little bit more tomorrow because it'll be a game day. But we've got the San Jose Sharks tomorrow, the 16th. On the 18th, we are playing the Edmonton Oilers. And then on the 21st, we play the Dallas Stars. And then back-to-back against Nashville, which I am almost positive you can expect for a squad cast with Ann Kimmel and I, who are both now a part of the Ellie Tolvanen fan club. And I definitely want to talk to Anne either between games um, or hopefully before one of the games um, about Ellie Tolvanen and his return to Nashville, who's in the mix. Again, if you listen to Locked on NHL, you can't sleep on Nashville and we'll talk about why. But, you know, I want to go back to this game. Allison Lucan had your post-game analysis. Um Now, Allison saying that she felt when it came to five on five, the Seattle Kraken played better in this game against Dallas than over the weekend. The problem is, what did I already tell you about this game on Monday? Four power plays. Four power plays. And not just just any penalties. Um, When you look at the players who were in the box – not players that we want in the box. <laughs> you know, we had um, we had Yanni Gord served a penalty, Borgen and Alexiak. Um, you know, those are players that are hard to lose. That's hard for the Seattle Kraken to lose. And, um, you know, that's tough. So this is what Allison has by the numbers. In five-on-five play, Seattle ran just shy of splitting the total shot volume in the game with Dallas at a 49.46% clip. Um, So, you know, we were right in there with them. They had a quiet third period uh, at a 28% clip of shot volume. The Kraken owned the shot quality battle through the first 40 minutes, 54.91% of all shot quality in the first and 64.54% in the second. Uh, So we generated good shot quality over Oettinger. Oettinger had a game, a good game. Martin Jones, not a good game. I would say Oettinger had a great game. I'm not even sure Martin Jones had a good game. It was, again, serviceable. It was okay. It was an okay game, given what Seattle was doing offensively. Oettinger, 26th save performance, qualified as his 26th quality start, according to the numbers. Um, Vince Dunn had two assists, both primary, and has earned at least one point in 10 consecutive games. That's a new franchise record. Ellie Tolvanen, who I talked about, scored his 14th of the season that got the Kraken within one, but 14 seconds later, 
14 seconds later, Wyatt Johnson. Johnston, excuse me. And this is something. The 20th time this season, the Kraken have had a response goal scored on them. Of note, the Kraken have also scored 19 response goals of their own on opponents. But we're 20 times we score and then we give up a response goal. Was it a quality start for Jones? No. Did he steal the game? No. Oettinger, they say, according to uh, sports logic, he did not steal the game either. But I think it's interesting. You know, I love to show you the, um, the heat maps. So let's go to this because I think it's going to point out exactly what Allison Lucan is saying. So if we go over to natural stat trick, we go to the last game for Dallas. I'm going to show you the heat map all scenarios, and then we will uh, break it down a little bit here. Or excuse me, the game flow chart, not the heat map. But um, so let me pull this up for you. This is from Natural Stat Trick. You can see here. Um, I'll make this a little bit bigger. Skadoosh. All right. This is Corsi 5 on 5. Okay. You can see... Here's a little dippity-doo here, um, but everything else, Seattle even had the momentum early in the game, talked about that in the second period, talked about that third period. Look at that. Look at that. Okay? But, um, you know, if we look at all scenarios, that's where Dallas was able to pull ahead. So five-on-five, five, that – passes the the test right the analytics that Allison was talking about this is just visually showing you so um if you look at Corsi in all scenarios this is a bigger chunk of the flow that we see trending Dallas trending for Dallas and in their favor so uh, let's just not go to the penalty box I think that sounds amazing. Don't go to the penalty box. And then maybe we'll win some hockey games. Yeah? Yeah, right? It's that simple. If only. Coming up next on Locked on Kraken, let's go over the standings because that's what we got to do. We're trying to stay in the playoff hunt and show that we are uh, the real deal. So we got to keep an eye on that. We'll talk about that and then get you ready for tomorrow's episode, game day episode. I do not like that we lost to San Jose this year. I do not like that we lost to San Jose this year. I don't like that we're playing San Jose at this point of the season not because we're in the playoff hunt, which again, we're going to talk about coming up, but because I don't like how we're playing hockey right now. And I want that piss and vinegar, but sometimes it's absent with our boys. It is. And I don't know who's going to bring it, but we'll talk about that coming up on this episode of Locked on Kraken. This episode of Locked on Kraken is brought to you by Built Bar. You know, we've been talking about Built Bar for a while now. We were on the ground floor with this delicious, nutritious, 
protein bar covered in 100% real chocolate gives you about four grams of sugar, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein. And not to mention that it comes in awesome flavors. Peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, churro, double chocolate, brownie batter. I could go on and on and on. And we used to tell you to go to built.com, which you can still do. Go to built.com, order your favorites. But you can find them in the wild right now. I have not done this. I don't have a Sam's Club membership, but if you do, you can go to Sam's Club, 13 bar box, brownie batter, so good. The churro flavor. If you don't want to go to Sam's Club, you can go to a Walmart, four bar box, cookies and cream, double chocolate, also my favorite, coconut puffs, great. The puffs are a marshmallow texture infused with even more protein. So they make it more delicious and more healthy at the same time. It's a collagen protein. Amazing Built Bar. So whatever you decide, Sam's Club, Walmart, BuiltBar.com, it's all the same delicious taste. Head over, get yourself some Built Bars. You can thank me later. And as I always like to say, happy snacking. Thank you, as always, for making Locked on Kraken a part of your daily routine. I'm trying a new microphone. I don't know. See, it's a, it's a little wireless microphone. So hopefully this works out and I don't have to scratch everything. But, um, yeah, if you're a longtime listener, let me know how you like the sound of this particular podcast. I venture to guess that you've probably heard worse. <laughs> Sometimes being on the road, it's tough to travel. So this is the mic that I usually use, and it's heavy, it's super thick, it comes, has to have a cord, all of this. Um, and this is the full, the full unit that I'm trying out, comes in this box. So anyway, if you want to know more about that, I'll have it on, uh, I mentioned Black Rosie Media, but I'm doing a little bit of a test on the system. So anyway, I don't know how many of you are into that tech stuff, but if you are, Give me a follow. You can follow me right there at elinz 8 as well. Okay. We are watching what's happening. I talked to you about our games. San Jose. Oh, I do not. And I mean, I do not want to lose that game. Last time we played the Sharks, we not only lost, we got shut out. Mm. Mm. no bueno don't like it don't want it clean sheet in the first period three goals in the second another in the third just no no we don't want any more of that uh you know um now they did have timo meyer who of course is now in new jersey Um, so we'll see, but yeah, I did not like this. Not a good look for us. So who are some players that we need to step up? Well, players that I think have been just making a few, a few errors mentioned Brandon Tanev, um, 
Jaden Schwartz has been a little bit all over the place. We know that his practice routine is a little bit off. We've talked about it before, but he gave up some mm, not so great uh, in the first Dallas game, just not winning those board battles, making bad decisions, exiting the zone. So we need, we need um, Schwartzy to step up. Um, Everly and Beneers, I think have been doing a pretty bang up job. Yanni Gord, has been doing pretty solid. The good outweighs the bad. Um, I don't know what it's going to take to shake up this roster. You know, we just need that passion, that energy. I mean, of course, Jared McCann's amazing, but I just need the guys to take it to another level. And I'm not talking with a fight. I'm not talking after someone, you know, knocks you in the face and then your visor comes down and you're pissed about that. Vince Dunn got really worked up. We talked about that on the show. And I'm not saying don't do those things. But harness it in a way and, like, ram goals down their throat, you know? Make them suffer on the scoreboard. And, I mean... The guys that I like to do this, I tell you this, but this is the type of player that I like. Ryan Donato is not afraid to score a greasy, grinded-out goal. He's just not. He's not. I talked about it, his, his positioning in front of Ned, not the biggest guy that we have, but he gets into his squat, and I'm telling you, Dallas was trying to move him out of the way. He would not move. Those legs were set into the ice, could not be moved. We need more of that. We also need guys to move bodies. I know Vince Dunn, and we talked about it because I thought it was an interesting comment. And I don't, on its, you know, broadly disagree with him. Yes, sometimes you say move bodies out of the way, but that's not what's needed. I can tell you, we're not tipping the scale in the right direction all the time. So, right. You don't want to disrupt your goalie by just punching people down on the ice. That doesn't always help. But we let a lot of guys in. We let a lot of guys in close. No body, no body to body, no stick to stick. Nothing. Martin Jones made a great save. What was it, Monday night? I guess it was because that's the last time he played. And you might want to – some people might be, oh, look at the rebound he gave up. This dude had to sprawl out while crashing up and trying to take away an angle. And none of his teammates identified that he was out ahead of the crease and then circled back to cover the far post. A lot of times what we see in front of our goaltenders is the player reacting late, like lunging at the last second. To me, that means you weren't in a good position to begin with and you weren't anticipating very well. And it also means if that puck goes in and it's an empty net that you also didn't know where you were. There was another uh, – now. see, now I'm going, like, deep into the archives here. I don't remember what game it was. It was one of the last three, four games. And I think it was Nick Olchek talking about 
one of the players just constantly checking, 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 just constantly looking around. It was on the other team. And then knowing that they had enough room that we, the Seattle Kraken, weren't close enough to him to close him out and that he could open up on a tip drill in front of the net. So Vince Dunn, I get it. You think some people talk about clearing bodies and they're saying it because they don't know the game and that they don't know how defense works. I guess I kind of took exception to that because I know if, if there's one thing that I know in sports, it's defense. I will put, I'm not a betting woman. I will put money down on my ability to analyze defense because defense, and this is why it's overlooked. It is, it's a pretty straightforward thing and it's technical at the same time. That's why you have to be analytical to play defense. And sometimes people don't want to do that. You have to anticipate, you have to be analytical, and you have to be tough to play defense. But it can't be just one of those things. It has to be a perfect blend of all of them. So having your head on a swivel, noticing that someone else has their head on a swivel, seeing and knowing the tendencies of your goaltender, is Martin Jones more likely to come out of the crease? I would argue yes. Then Philip Grubauer, I would argue yes. So you need to make sure that the post is covered. The far post is covered if Martin Jones is moving as compared to Philip Grubauer. You also have to know the size of your goaltenders and how they make saves. I've told you multiple times that Martin Jones doesn't read shots that are coming from the perimeter well. If it's a rocket shot, a slap shot coming in hard, you can have all the space and time in the world and he might not see that puck. So what does that mean defensively? That if you're doing a good job as a unit playing defense, then what you want to do is if you see a shot in and you have an opportunity, square up and maybe try and block it. So like, how do I know these things and we can't get the team to execute them? It's a matter of, I can't imagine that the team doesn't know these things. If we know them, the team knows them. They have people that analyze this. So it's a, it's a gap between what we're capable of and what we're willing to do. And I don't mean that in a disparaging way, just like I don't think Dave Haxtell meant it in a disparaging way earlier this season. Sometimes you really want to do something. You know that you should do something. And yet, whether it's the lack of confidence that you have in the system that you're being asked to deploy, the lack of confidence that you have in yourself for whatever reason, there's a number of reasons. They have a whole name for it. Predominantly comes from the baseball world, but called the yips. You get into your head a little bit too much. You're thinking maybe a little bit too much. But at the end of the day, if you know what it takes to become a playoff team and stay there, and you're not doing what it takes, how are you going to close that gap? How are you going to close? I went on a rant. I didn't plan to do that, but you know how I get about defense. All right, let's look at these standings, and then we're going to get out of here. Going to get out of here. All right, wild card, because we're talking wild card right now. 
Pacific Division standings are as such. Vegas in that number one spot. 90 points on the season. 6-6-2 winning percentage. They're on a four-game win streak. The LA Kings, 640 win percentage. The percentage is important, folks. We've been talking about it. 87 wins on the season. They're on a one-game win streak right behind them in the standings. 82 points, 603 win percentage on a one-game win streak. And uh, we're looking at the uh, Edmonton Oilers have surpassed us. We're going back and forth with the Oilers, who we're going to see in, what, three days? They have this as we're on a one-game losing streak, I guess, because we got an OT point. I don't know, actually. I always get the scoring confused, to be honest, between the NHL and the PHF because I go back and forth, and the PHF just changed their system. So now it's, again, what I know <laughs> and what it takes for me to enforce what I know. Anyway, just as an example. Wild card. We're in that top wild card. We have 81 points. 604 win percentage. A higher win percentage than the Edmonton Oilers, but they have 82 points. So there you go. We have games in hand. That means, obviously, they've played 68. We've played 67. Right on our heels, Winnipeg Jets with a 584 win percentage, excuse me, 79 points. I keep saying it because it's the truth. We have to win games. That's how we get ahead of Edmonton. It's tough also to catch up to LA if we wanted to do such a thing. If we don't, that's right, win games. Dallas, I'm a little bit disappointed in you. Dallas, or excuse me, not Dallas. Was it Dallas? See, now I'm getting my days confused. Was it Dallas or the Islanders that just played uh, LA? It was. Why am I not seeing it? Oh, Dallas played Vancouver. Oh, Vancouver. Freaking Vancouver, man. They're also on my list, and you know why. You know why. I'm so ranting at the end of this, uh, but I love you all. Thank you for sticking around. LA Kings 5-2 victory over the Islanders. Islanders would have liked some help there. Do us a solid. Anyway, all the more reason why my last point apropos. We have to win games. That's the only way to get it done. All right, folks. Tomorrow, I'm going to take a nap. And we're going to have a watch party on playback. So if you want me to, if you want to hear me just rant and rave in real time about defense, this is your place. If you're not into defense, I'm going to be honest. You should also come join because... I would love to have your counterpoint because we have to get things going offensively as well. But baby, stay out of the box, especially if we're not going to be good on the power play. Stay away from the box. And when we're on the power play, let's let's uh, pot some goals. This was, uh, you know, an interesting one. Again, tried out a new mic. Hope it worked out. Uh, but if this episode is late, then you know why. But uh, 
that's our show, folks. We're we're not gr- in a great place, but we're not in a bad place. I mean, we all remember last season. We're kind of playing with house money, but good googly moogly. Seize the moment. Carpe diem. Seize the day. And tomorrow's a game day. So carpe diem the crap out of that one. Hold fast. Stay true. Be kind to yourself and to one another. And I'll catch you on the next episode of Locked on Kraken. Peace.